Matthew 14, verse 22, had been read in your hearing by Minister Valentine just a few moments ago. And we're going to read it again. I'll be teaching exclusively out of this book this morning. Amen. And it reads, beginning at verse 22. In a straight way, Jesus has trained disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. Verse 25, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to Jesus to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, art thou art the Son of God. May Lord bless you in here with words of the Lord. Turn to Father God, thank you, Father God, that after the songs have been sung, that the word of God must go forth. Heavenly Father. Father, we ask that you search us right now, even in prayer, Lord God, remove anything that should not be. We come confessing that we all have fallen short by word, by thought, and by deed. We thank you and rejoice in the fact of knowing that you have more forgiveness in you than we have sent us, Heavenly Father. Father God, we come asking right now that you would open our minds to be able to process the revealed word, unstop our ears to be able to hear the revealed word, and most of all, use a yielding spirit, not just to be hearers but to be doers and to apply this word to our own lives, Father God. Father, I can ask that you would search me, Lord, move me of self, move me of eyes of empty of water, waiting for a fresh filling, a fresh anointing from on high. Speak to me and through me as only you can this morning, Father God. I pray that you leave down to your thoughts of knowledge and wisdom, allow me to get heaven and one more time and boldly proclaim what thus does say the Lord, Father God. Comfort that you have your way now, Father God, everything that is said and done, Father God. So I may be asking this morning, Father God, is there a word from the Lord? We ask him to touch him right now, even in prayer. And let him know that you are still a God who sits high and looks low. That you still control everything that happens in our lives, Father God. Father God, I pray the word of my mouth, which is marked me except in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my new church, amen. Amen. Matthew 14. In this passage of scripture, amen, we find a disciple of our Lord trapped in the grip of a fierce storm. They find themselves in that storm because they have been commanded by the Lord to go across the sea of Galilee. Look at verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. These men are in the will of the Lord, yet we see them struggling against the storm. I want you to understand something this morning, church, is that it is possible to be in the will of the Lord and still face storms in your life. Amen. Try as they might, however, it appears that they are unable to make any headway. The wind 
surface of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. These twelve men are stuck in a storm and are, are unable to get out. Have you ever found yourself in that place, amen? Have you ever found yourself stuck in one of life's storms and no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, it seems you cannot make any headway. Right about it so far. It may seem to you like the storm will never end and that there is no possible good that can come from what you're facing. Amen. Thankfully, however, there is some good news today for us from the Word of God. While the storms of life are never pleasant, they do produce certain benefits in our lives that we would do well to take note of this morning. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11 says, Now, chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous, nevertheless, afterward it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. I would like to take a moment this morning, church, and join the disciples in their school. As we do, I want to show you that the storms of life contain some hidden blessings for the children of God. I do not know what kind of storm you're facing this morning, but I do know that the Lord has a purpose in allowing that storm to rage in your life. Amen. Perhaps the purpose will become clear this morning as I preach for just a little while on the subject of hidden blessings in the storms of life. Point number one, storms are God's means of transportation. Look at verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. The very thing that the disciples feared, the sea, was the very thing the Lord used as the vehicle to reveal himself unto them. Right about so far. He will do the same in your life and mine. Notice how Jesus came to them that night. The first one knows that he comes in the face of darkness. The Bible says that Jesus came unto them in the fourth watch. The Jews, like the Greeks and Romans, divided the night into military watches. Instead of hours, each watch representing the period of time which the sentries of guard remained on duty. The first watch evening was from 6, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The second watch was 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. The third watch was 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. And the fourth watch was 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Sometime between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., during the darkest hours of the night, Jesus came walking on the water. Amen. You may be walking in darkness this morning and wondering, where is Jesus? Amen. You may be facing some kind of the darkest days of your life right now, right about so far. Let me remind you that our God is ever with you. Let me remind you that even in the darkest hours of life, God is still God and he is still in control of your life. Right about so far. Psalm 133, verse 139, verse 11 and 12 says, If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me, yea, the darkness hideth not thee, but the night shineth as the day, the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Even in the darkest hours of life, it cannot hide your face from God. Amen. Amen. Here he is, he is there even when you cannot see him. He is there even when you cannot sense or feel his presence. God is still there with you. Then we find that he comes to them in the face of disaster. The disciples were in a fight for their lives. Mark chapter 6 verse 48 says that they were toiling and rowing. That is, they were struggling against the storm. I get the impression that these men were afraid for their lives. When they thought all hope was 
to show up. Amen. And let me remind you that when he shows up, not only as Christ shows up, but he often shows out. Right about so far. Remember, understand me. Remember, he may not keep you from going in the storm, but he will keep you in the midst of the storm. Think of the Hebrew boys. Daniel and Noah, the Hebrew boys. God did not keep them out of the furnace, but he kept them in the furnace. Amen. Amen. On the inside. Amen. 
point number two we find that storms are God's means of testing. Look at verses 25. They reveal the Savior. Look at verse 25 to 27. They reveal the Savior. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. I hope you catch this thing now. When Jesus did come walking on the water, the disciples didn't recognize him. That's all I believe. When Christ shows up, you wouldn't even recognize him. You wouldn't even recognize him. Because again, you know about him, but you never took the time to really get to know him. So they thought it was a spirit. They cried out in fear, but thank God Jesus came with a message of peace and the power. Look at verse 37. For when he came to them with a word of peace in verse 27, he says, be of good cheer. Then what he said, then he came with a word of power. He says, it is I. And then he came with a word of potential. He says, be not afraid. You see these verses so far. You see these, these words, right? The storms of life have potential to reveal the same to us in a way we have never considered before. Amen. We have come to, we have, he, when he comes to us, walking on our storm, he gives us the same message of hope that he gave the disciples this stormy night. First, he gives us a message of peace. No, don't you notice this? They were still in the storm when he told them to cheer up. Amen. They were still in the storm when he said, cheer up. By his power, the Son of God can give us peace in the midst of our storms. And that's the peace that Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says. It says, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Because folks understand how you got all this storm breaking loose in your life and you still walking around with the joy of the Lord. Amen. One of the saddest testimonies for a believer is when you walk around like the rest of the world, when you're in the midst of a storm, you walk around looking hopeless. Well. News flash, as long as my Lord and Savior is a well mile on high, I always have hope in the midst of my storm. Amen. I'm on track so far this morning. He was here, he brought them a message of power. When Jesus showed up, he came declaring an identity. He says in verse 27, it is I. Amen. It is an emphatic personal pronoun. Amen. It is the same statement Jesus used when he said, I am the door, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. Are you getting the picture so far this morning? Amen. Jesus tells the disciples to cheer up because God is here. My God. If we could ever grasp the truth and the reality that Jesus is the great I am. He is the great I am. You're not on the winning team. You're on the one team. Because when Christ obtained victory over the grave, you obtain victory. You're on the one team. Amen. Oh. If we can grasp this truth that he has all power in heaven and earth, then we can enjoy peace in the midst of our trials. The reason why we can't enjoy peace with our trials is because we have little faith. Mm -hmm. I'll show you what happens in this. You believe that God can do certain things and at the point where you stop believing, you get fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. He has all power in heaven and earth, right? Yeah, so we would say that God can cure cancer, but I believe that many folks believe that God can cure cancer because they don't have it. Amen. But if you had it, you have enough faith to 
unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. My God. When Peter heard that it was the Lord, Peter wanted to join Jesus and walking on the water. Jesus simply told Peter, Come, come. Peter obeyed, he too walked on the water, my God. Jesus used the storm as a means of helping Peter to grow in the faith. When the storm of life are howling all about us, if, if we can just the hold the truth that Jesus is the master of the storm, then we too can rise above our circumstances and walk on the waves with the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're not supposed to be overtaken by the storms of life. We're going to be waiting walking like Christ. The problem family, there are two kinds of storms happening in your life. I shall say three. There's a storm that God sends our way or allows to come our way. Then there's a storm that other folks can bring into our lives. Oh, we got some folks that can bring storms into our lives. We're not careful. With why everybody wants to be in your life, does not need to be in your life. And then there are storms that we drink our own lives by decisions that we make. Right about so far. Amen. I help you for single folks, relationships. Amen. You're a believer, he's an unbeliever. You're going to create a storm in your life. Amen. You can't get with somebody that you know is not a believer, has less spirituality than you have, and the person you say is God, make this person a believer. They were not a believer when you got with them. Now you find yourself caught in a storm. My God, I'm on track so far. So watch this thing, watch this thing, watch this thing, watch this thing. Watch this thing. So, I realized that Peter didn't walk in last long. In just a moment, he took his eyes off the Lord and he began to sing. However, Peter had a story that none of the other disciples had. Peter was the only one who could say, I walked on my storm. Amen. The storms of life will focus our faith if we allow them to. The storms of life are designed to increase your faith in God, not have you fall away from the Lord. Why? Because if you really allow it to refocus your faith, you know, man is good because we have the capacity to, 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 to exist in three aspects of time. And so because we have, the, we have the ability to exist in three aspects of time, we have the ability to look back at what God has brought us from. We have the ability to look at what God is doing for us in the present. And if we should see tomorrow, we can anticipate our walk with God tomorrow. It was our anticipation for a walk tomorrow. My objective every day is to be a better believer than I was the day before. Amen. That's it. To be better than I was yesterday. Watch this today. My God. So God will use the difficult days to teach us more about himself and to help us grow in the Lord. Amen. And the problem we might not grow in the Lord is because we get so focused on what was me and deliver me that we never get the lesson that God is trying to teach us. I'm saying that what happens is if you don't get the, if you don't get the lesson in the test, you got to take a retest. Yes, yes. So I've learned not to pray for deliverance, but Lord, teach me the lesson you want me to get for what I'm going through. Like him. And the problem is that last week, the problem is 
we're not enough like him. How do you know we're not enough, enough like him? Because every time you get out of prayer, he still hears too much about you. You're not praying about anybody else. Always you go to God with your Christmas list. That's too much of you. That's too much of your flesh. You haven't become more like him yet. Because when you become more like him, you look beyond yourself and what you can do to help other people first. Amen. You understand, it's not about you. It's all about him. So my prayers, the Bible says that the Father knows what I have need of even before I ask. He knows what I need. So my job is to pray for somebody else who doesn't have enough sense to pray for himself. Amen. Amen. Remember, remember there were 12 men in that boat. But only one could say he walked on a storm like Jesus. Then we find it also, also used to remind the saints. Look at verse 30 31. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Verse 31, amen. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said, Unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Peter wanted to walk on the water like Jesus. He put the Lord to the test and he stepped onto the waves. However, he soon took his eyes off the Lord. He soon took his eyes off the Lord and when he did, he found himself in trouble. And that's the problem a lot of us face. We call on the Lord and as soon as we feel the trouble has passed, we take our eyes off the Lord and found ourselves deeper than what we were before. Amen. Amen. So he had to come to a point where he had who was in control. And he called on the Lord and he found the help that he needed. The problem is we get so stubborn in our mess that we refuse to call upon God. God said, I'm here waiting to help you. I've got you, but you just won't humble yourself and seek my face. Amen. And so what happens is we use God like God's a plan B. Well, just in case God doesn't come through, I gotta make sure so-and-so is in place. Come on, right now so far. Oh, we now we get some time and something happened, something arrived in our lives. We profess we prayed about it, but the very thing we prayed about, we still get back up with the word about it on a telephone, not a telephone, the telephone, calling your hellish friends up to put a plan in place just in case he don't come through. Well, newsflash, even all your friends can only come through if God allows them to. Amen. Because like God is in control of you. He's in control of those around him. My God. So, the storms of life serve to remind us who is in control. Amen. Like Peter, there are times we get our eyes off the Lord during our storms. When we do, we are doomed to fail. We need to remember who is in charge of this whole thing. Who's in charge of this whole thing? Understand me. Your alarm clock didn't wake you up. Amen. You didn't decide to come to church. God gave you a made-up mind this morning to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It was your alarm clock. It was God's loving rock that caused your eyes this morning. Amen. It wasn't that you were so good you laid down that night. God held back the death angel just one more time. Not because you're so good, but because he's so full of grace and mercy. Yes. You see, we successfully navigate 
is that we get to a point, I'll help you this morning, you pray and ask God to bless you with a position. You don't know this to watch this thing. And what happens is God moves and blesses you with a position. And the first thing we do, as soon as God blesses you with an increase, like he did the position, the first thing we say is, girl, I just got a raise. Girl, I just got a bonus. No, you didn't. God blessed you to get an increase. God blessed you to get a bonus. So don't take no credit for anything that we accomplish in our lives. It's all because of God's grace and mercy. If we are successful in life, it is because there is one who is greater than we are who's been holding our hands. And the problem is God keeps wanting to keep our hand in his. We keep throwing his hand off like a bad child. You know, you see those kids in the malls, the parent tries to grab their hand, and the child keeps snapping their hand back. That's how we are. God said, I want to take care of you. I want to watch out for you. I know what's best for you. And like a bad child in the mall, you keep wanting to snatch your hand out of the hand of the Our success in this form of life hinges upon our being willing to acknowledge Jesus as the master of the storm. Have you ever prayed and asked God for something? God blessed you with it. And then you lost it. And you wonder what happened. Because you didn't praise God for it. It was God who did it. And you wanted the credit for it. And God said, since you believe it's you doing it, I'll step back and let you do it. And as soon as your life is messed up and jacked up, the first thing you say, if I get another chance, I'm going to do things different. Come on, try so far. Yes, preach, Pastor. My God. Then point number three. We find thoroughly that storms are God's means of a testimony. Look at verse 32 and 33. Storms are God's means of a testimony. Verse 32 and 33. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. We find that this testifies of Jesus' power. Jesus calmed the storm. He didn't say a thing. He just got into the boat with the disciples in the sea calm. One day, one day he would do the same thing in your life. If you would just allow him to get into your boat and take control of your boat, he will calm the storms in your life. The problem is we want him in the boat during stormy time. We want him in control during the storm of our life. But the problem is as soon as we get peace and calm in our lives, we want to knock and take control again. And all you find yourself doing in control of the wheel is taking yourself from one storm into another. The storm will rage until it has accomplished its purpose and then it will cause the winds to cease for you. All he's trying to do is to get us to see this morning, church, is that he is in control of the storms of life. It isn't me, it isn't you. And when Jesus is the master of the sea, it is the master of the storm as well. Then we find that it testifies of his person. When Jesus stilled the storm, the disciples knew that they were the presence of God. They confessed and they bowed before him in worship. His power in the storm and over the storms testifies of his person. His power in the storm and over the storm testifies of the power of his person. Amen. They tell us that he is God 
And that is in control of all the affairs of life. Every aspect of your life, he's in control. He wants to be in control. But the problem is, we keep drifting away from him. I'll go back, time out for a personal break for people who are single. Understand me, God wants you to get to your point. When you're dealing with people, stop dating potential and date reality. Are you with me? Stop dating potential and date reality. What's potential? I know how to act now, but they'll get better. That's potential. The reality is, they're no good now, and chances are, unless God steps in, this is what we'll be dealing with. And the problem is, we get hooked up on potential and not reality. So, when the storms come and designed to bring us that place, the disciples found themselves at the end on our knees and worship before him. Here's a great secret to make the storms of life much more gravel for you. Don't wait until the storm is over before you bow before him. Don't wait until the storms are over to bow before him. As for most of us, we wait until we see the sunshine to say thank you, Lord. But why aren't you thanking God in the midst of your storm? Imagine, why are you thanking? Because imagine this. Imagine going through the storm and God was not there at all. What you think is a bad storm right now? How bad would it really have been if God just pulled back and left you by yourself? Then why you thank God now? You bow before him now while the waves are still threatening your boat. You bow before him now while the winds are still contrary in your face. Don't wait until blue sky to see humble yourself before the Lord. Nothing reveals your faith in the Lord more than you being willing to accept His will and love, even when things look the worst in your life. Amen. Bow before now and honor the Lord. Let me say this. Sometimes it's hard to see the blessings for the storm. And that's reality. Sometimes it's hard to see the blessings for the storm that we face. We are in the Christmas season. The suicide rate is the highest this time of year. Because folks face storms of depression. They face storms of loneliness. Amen. So we all go through storms. Everyone in this church right now, there are three aspects of your storm. Either you're about to go through a storm, you're in a storm right now, or you just came out of a storm. But you're always facing a storm. Yes. And it's not about how you act when you go in. It's not about how you shout when you come out. It's about how you conduct yourself while you're going through this storm. But remember, the world is watching you. And if your life was a billboard before the world, would it say, true believer, or would it say, believer, question mark? True believer, or would they say, believer? You have to examine yourself and find out whether or not your faith is authentic. So, I don't know the nature of the storm you're facing this morning, but I know the one who still walks on the waves. Sometimes it's hard to imagine or bring any good out of what you're facing how can any good possibly come out of what I'm going through? But understand me, even above the clouds, the sun still
still shines. The S-O-N still shines. And there's always a blessing on the other side of through. If you can just hang on and hold out, Christ will always show up right on time. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Pastor Valentine always brings forth a word that is applicable, situational, and foundational, and you can apply it to any area of your life. But if you are ever in the Albany area, please come down and visit us for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. at 82 Clinton Street on the corner of Alexander and Clinton. But more importantly, if you are searching for a church home, we ask that you prayerfully consider Living Word Bible Church as your church home. Be blessed.